Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Shauna, listen, thank you for getting in touch with us and just um, sharing your experience with us here on the programme. Best of luck and continued success as well with the studies and thanks for your, your time in the programme. 53106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us. We've got Teresa on the line in Dublin. Teresa, you... Um, You've been involved as a foster carer for about the past 28 years, is that right? I have, yes. I started when my eldest daughter was just turning two. I was recruited for teenagers that wanted to come back in off the street. And can I just compliment Shauna there, isn't she? was just wonderful yeah. to listen to. Amazing. So your own your own child was, did you just say, just had turned two? My own child had just turned two. I was thinking of um, doing something voluntary. I happened to see a notice in my doctor's surgery when I was getting her injections, her inoculations, and um, I just rang the number and everything snowballed from there. Because that, I imagine, is a really busy time (laughs) at home, you know, in the house. it, It is. It is. But you're at home. You're at home with a young child. You can't really go anywhere. Seeing your friends is different because they're all, a lot of them are still working. Some okay. of them haven't had children. And you're kind of in a nowhere land, as I used to call it, you know, goo goo and gaga, which is wonderful. <laughs> but when you've had your own business and you're used to yeah. being busy all the time, if I was looking after one child, how come I couldn't look after another? Yeah. So you took in um, teenagers, yeah, t- teenagers. And how long yeah. did you did you con- have well, you continuously was, been doing that? I, I've I started with teenagers that wanted to come in off the street. So the process was they would have to appear clean, no drugs, no drinking. They wanted to come back into a home environment. So they would then go through all the process they had to go through and then I would be allocated as a home for them. You know, and like that, it was difficult for them because they were coming from an environment where they could do anything wanted, but with coming in back into rules in their life. Now, a lot of them were happy for the rules and happy to get back into places like FOSS and adult education and learning again and seeing a, a road forward other than the road they were going down. And then did you continue, did you continuously take teenagers or when did that I change? I did. I did for a long time. And then you'd get a call. There's this young lad needs help, you know, maybe four years of age or five years of age. And my call all along was, look, I've no idea how it's going to go. Bring the child to me and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And they would stay for whatever was going on in their own life and could be fixed. Some children went on and other children then went into long-term care because I was a short-term emergency, overnight, weekends, you know, it wasn't long-term. And there is just not enough families out there, you know, and there is loads of families, there's loads of same, I'm sure there's couples of the same sex that would love to have a family environment around them and there's no rules or regulations to that you know everybody's welcome to try the fostering yeah. and that's what I wonder I mean like for you as the foster care or foster parent um, what sort of kind of you know rigmarole do you have to go through well it's a, it's a short process now um, to back then they have it down now to it's kind of within within four to six months provided there's social workers available to be able to do the the call. Um, there's a questionnaire, they go back over your past, but that's just to help you and see how mm. you manage things in your past. How are you going to manage 
what's going on for this young child coming into your care. And in you terms know, of that, like Teresa, you know, is it? Would you describe it as a sort of an advisory role, guidance, yeah, or is it sort of just like being? It's like a mentor. It's like being somebody's friend for a while, because it, depending on the age of the child, like Shauna was eight. She knew who her family was. Yeah. You know, I mean, I to know. be told she's going on a holiday. I know. I, know, I have to say, I, is that, is, no, is that, that common? Because I, I found, and I found that when Shauna said that, that, yeah. you know, she was told she was going on holidays. I, yeah. I, I was sort of surprised, actually, that that's what she was told. Yeah, it wouldn't be the norm. I don't know Shauna's circumstances, so I don't know okay. how that happened. Generally, you know, I've had children as young as four and five and they know that they can't stay with mommy or daddy any longer and they need to come here to be safe and, you know, be looked after the way they should be looked after while other work is done with mommy and daddy. Now, sometimes the children go back. Sometimes they go through their lifehood seeing their mom and dad. Their mom and dad can't get back on a track, but it's a family group. It's teamwork. Mm. You know, you need a community to rear a child. You know, the schools help out. Yeah. I've never had a child turned away from the school, you know, that you try and keep them in their own school. But you work together with the family because there's access visits, there's family gatherings. Of course, there's birthdays. You know, I've ne- never really had a birthday without having the child's natural family there. Yeah. And it's all been manageable. There's been no ask too big. How many children have you fostered, Teresa? Oh, I haven't counted and I don't think I'd like to sit down and count, but it's definitely over the hundred at this stage. You know, because I did, I didn't do long term, I did short term. So I could have a young baby, an access may be gone wrong, they need to organise through the law the right way. They could be with me for a weekend until... You know, mum could be in Drogheda, dad could be in Dublin, and it takes time over a weekend to work that mm. through again, to really need the child back. You know, um, that was just one case. I've had um, a bereavement on another family where there was just no one to mind the young children while the funeral took place. And, you know, mum went on then to have a nurse breakdown. So it took a couple of months for that to come back to normal. So there's been various reasons why people need help. You know, in my day, my mother just threw us out in the garden and a neighbour would look after you. But people don't know the neighbours today. You know, a lot of people are out there in estates and they don't know one another and they would be afraid to ask their neighbour to mind their child for a while. Is it incredibly rewarding, Teresa? I think so. Yeah. It brought many blessings through my life. Um, you know, it's brought me down roads of meeting people I would have never met. Um, I've always had a busy and healthy and loving and fun household. I have a household now where my eldest girl, who's in her 30, whose friends still come through my hall door, whether it's the hug, whether it's to use the loo, whether <laughs> it's to lie on the sofa for a half an hour. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the house it is, you know, and it's great to have a house like that, especially in these times. It's it's incredible. I mean, like 28 years and, uh, you know, as you say, it's, it's more, you, you can't even count. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly generous thing, Teresa, to do. Um, Robbie was listening to you because Ro- Robbie's on the line as well. I think, okay. Robbie, you find yourself in a, a similar situation, do you, to, to Teresa? Very much so. It's, uh, it, it sounds so familiar. I suppose one from the view that my parents took the decision to um, start fostering when I was about 12. Um, I had a brother and a sister in the house as well. And, and 
you know, we grew up and left the house and my mother and father were still doing it. Now they stop now because they're too old for it. But yeah, we did it for, I'd say, close on 20 years and very similar there. You know, I'd say well over 100 different um, different kids in the house over the years. What advice, Robbie, would you have for people listening to us today? Because there's, you know, a number of people getting in touch with something they've thought about, never thought it was the right time, just looking for more information. What are the kind of maybe three things you'd say to somebody who's considering um, becoming a foster carer? Well, I suppose, first of all, they need to, you know, we need to say whether they have their own children and really explain it to them. Because I, I can clearly remember that conversation with my mother, you know, explaining that we'd be getting some of these um, kids into the house and, and where they've come from. You know, um, be it alcoholics, families, drug parents, our emergency care, respite, and explaining that, you know, some of these kids may have come from troubled backgrounds, but just to treat them normally. Um, at the end of the day, they are children. They're looking for stability in a family. Um, and like your first caller said, to try and feel normal. And that's what we're trying to provide to them over the years is, is that stability and family background. You obviously kept it up, Robbie. Kept up. Uh, I didn't. No, no. Um, my my family did for for the years, and um, but I I moved out. But um, I, I think you you it'd be very important to have one one of the parents at home at all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you're off working, of then course, you've yeah, got a child parents, coming back yeah. to your house without that stability. But um, I I couldn't provide it now because both of us work. But, yeah. Um, I'd love to love to be able to 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 provide that time because it is very rewarding. There's a text in here from a listener who's asking, "Can you go away in holidays?" Um, if you're a foster carer with a foster child, yeah, well, you obviously need to clear it with the um, with, with the the social worker, and I suppose it would depend on the case as well about that child. Um, if you're going for long term, I'm sure it'd be no problem. But we were short term, but and I say short term, we had anything from a child to say ten minutes up to you know six seven years. So um, it, it can vary, and it really would depend on the child and the circumstances. But um, we, we definitely took, um, you know, time in Ireland where we went yeah. on holidays, but um, but not that I recall going abroad. But um, I, I don't think there would be a problem if the circumstances yeah. allowed. There's a, a text in here from a listener as well, Teresa, who just says, I, I just want to thank you for talking about fostering today because I'm a social worker and the lack of foster carers is a huge issue for children and um, for the children that we work with at the moment. The one thing that I would say, though, is you do not have to be a superhero or a brain surgeon or be the perfect foster carer. You just have to have love and dedication. That's all the kids need is just the ordinary day-to-day experiences. A warm environment, someone who cares, someone who likes putting meal on the table for children, who likes listening to them, you know, who likes a house that's active, you know, who's happy to go back out there to scouts and, you know, afternoon activities because the more these children are involved in, the more friends they make, the more happy they feel, the more welcome they feel and the more they settle. Now, it takes them a time to settle, but once they trust you, and once they real, realise that you're there to help them, it's a completely different world mm-hmm. for them. And I've travelled with them. I've taken to Spain. I've taken to the Canaries, you know. And it's been quite funny, you know, because it wouldn't be the norm that they would be used to. So everything is new to them, you know what I mean? And once or twice, you'd be able to get and see the, the pilot and that kind of thing. Yeah. Because of the circumstances. Now, I wouldn't have been able to get my own children to see the pilot. <laughs> but, you know, it's yeah. fantastic. You know, know, people do go on beyond to help you do what you're doing. You know, family help out. You just heard Rob there about, you know, his helping out his family. Yeah. Do it. 
you know, and that's what it's about. You know, I'd get a phone call at Christmas from my elder brother. How many have you got? How many extra presents am I buying for? Boys or girls? Yeah. You know, and that's just what it's about, you know. And I mean, I'm sure there's loads of families out there, especially after COVID. People have lost jobs. Jobs haven't come back and they find themselves at home. And realistically, if you're putting on a, on a, a stew or vegetables and potatoes for two, an extra mouth is not hard to feed. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much, Teresa and Robbie, for getting in touch with us here today and for just giving us um, an insight and sharing your, your experience with us. I mean, over 100, um, fostering over 100 children, 28 years, as Teresa talked about there. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. I know the Irish Foster Care Association, the website, it's ifca.ie if you do want to get in touch with them because, as I mentioned, um, they say there's an urgent need for more people to volunteer at the moment. But listen, thank you all for joining us on the programme today. Lunchtime Live at Newstalk.com. That's the email address if you want to get in contact. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.